Welcome to More Than a Few Words, a marketing podcast for small business owners. My name is Lorraine Ball, and I help small businesses become big businesses. And today we're going to kind of branch off a little bit different and talk about um, more community building um, and talk to my good buddy Bob Birchfield, also known as Around Indie on Twitter, about the Around Indie website, um, how it got started, lessons learned. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Thanks for the invitation. We're glad you're here this morning. Um, as we're getting started, uh, just a quick reminder that Allison is happily tweeting away. Um, so if you've got comments on Twitter, be sure to use the hashtag MTFW so we see your comments. And if you want to call in with a question for Bob or a comment, be sure to call in at 805-285-9865. Okay, Bob, around Indy, before we jump over and talk about that, why don't you tell people a little bit about the man behind the brand? Who, me? Yes, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Bob Birchfield. I've worked at the University of Indianapolis for 28 years, uh, and I've taught the computers and web design courses since the uh, late 90s. So the technology's changed a little bit over the years. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> so as you were doing that, um, how did Around Indy come about? Well, I was teaching a web design course at the university back in 2002, and one of the students in the class just said, you know what we need around here? We need a website that shows what there is to do around Indy. And that little uh, seed, you know, she gave me a little seed that planted in my head, and that's where it went from, from there to today. So um, you went home, built a website. What kind of stuff were you featuring on the Around Indy website back in the day? Well, uh, it's pretty much the same today as it was then, you know, which was theater, museums, nightclubs, fairs and festivals, church events, you know, garage sales. I originally conceived that it would have every possible category and way to look up an event that you could think of. <laughs> Spoken like a true web developer. Yeah. So, so if you want to look for just events in Hamilton County, you could find a page for Hamilton County events. If you want to look for a page just for fairs and festivals, there's a page for that. If you want to look just for the restaurant listings, there's a page for that. So, most popular, over the last 10 years, what's the most popular section of the right. site? Uh, this is going to make you laugh. It's the flea markets page. <laughs> Flea Markets is always in the top 10 pages accessed every month. Wow. So um, if you're attending a flea market, if you want to know where the hot flea markets are, around Indy's the place to go. There's a flea market page, and, and most of the flea markets in central Indiana are listed on there. Um, okay, so for the tech piece in the audience, what platform is this built on? Because it's not WordPress. No, it's not. It's definitely not WordPress. Although I never got really enthused about WordPress until I started following you, and, and that, that's when I added a WordPress blog to my repertoire. But 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 the site is built in PHP and MySQL, so it's an online database, and everything that you see when you request a page is being served out of a database. So it's very similar to WordPress mm -hmm. because WordPress, I think, runs on the same platform. It does. It's a, it's a PHP. I guess in the PHP database, the difference between your version of web design and mine is I trust 
WordPress to figure out the PHP, and I just put my images and stuff in where they need to be. Yeah, and I studied for eight months to learn how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad one of us did because I really enjoy the um, the site. Now, one of the things that you had early on that you don't do anymore was your podcast. Well, yeah, we we started a podcast back in uh, March of 2005. Uh, and and it was amazing because it wasn't fancy, it wasn't technical, it didn't have a lot of uh, big intro music or anything like that. It was just my voice with the background music with a list of things to do each day. Well, uh, within within a few months, it was averaging three to four hundred downloads per day, and and in the neighborhood of twelve to fifteen thousand per month. Which wow. is amazing. Ultimately, uh, over over its five year run, we did fourteen hundred and eighty nine episodes, and had over a quarter of a million downloads. And you were recording that on a little handheld because because I know you interviewed me. I think it was for your second anniversary. Yep. You did a you did a kind of a, a program on that, and it was just a little handheld mic. Just it, it was. I did that in my pajamas every morning in my spare bedroom. <laughs> So lessons learned as you've kind of gone through this, as you sort of migrated from uh, website to podcast uh, to social media, what have you learned along the way that other people should take away as lessons? Well, I, I can tell you this is that for the first five years, uh, I was hidden behind the curtain. Nobody knew who ran the Around Indie website mm -hmm. because I did that intentionally. One, I didn't want to create a conflict of interest for my employer, and and then two, is I didn't want any of the uh, media outlets in town to think that I was uh, copying their content mm -hmm. and, and using it. So I, I stayed behind the scene. Uh, once I came out from behind the curtain and and got involved with the social media people, that's when the website really took off and started to grow. How so? Well, uh, I can tell you that before uh, Twitter and Facebook, I was averaging about 700 unique visitors per day. Uh, I had been on Twitter since 07, but I didn't start using it daily until sometime in 09. And the, and the site traffic immediately went up into the 1100 to 1200 range, about a 30, 35% increase. Uh, and today it's averaging about 2500 uniques per day. So uh, about 75,000 visitors per month. Wow. And um, what did you when you started this? What did you think it would be? Where is it now? And where do you want it to go? Oh, that's a great question because it's everything that I imagined it, it would be. It's everything that I drew out on a sheet of paper. It's It, it contains everything that I uh, hoped for except revenue. <laughs> I mean, in 10 years of this, I mean, I know that those of us in the community really, um, we appreciate the site. Um, I love the photos. I love um, the information. But uh, that's a challenge to continue to sustain that if it's not going to produce revenue. Well, I'm in a good, uh, I'm in the fortunate position right now that that, that I have a full-time job, and, and so if it doesn't produce revenue, it's not particularly a big deal. Mm-hmm. 
plans to change it to more of a revenue producing uh, model? Sure, and because uh, I, I, I told you earlier I've been there 28 years with the university and frankly I'm getting close to retirement. I wouldn't believe that. Uh, you go to any of the social media uh, functions, I'm usually the oldest guy in the room. You know, age is a matter of attitude. <laughs> Spoken by the person who's probably equally as old as you are in the room. No, uh, it, the only thing it hasn't really produced is revenue, and I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people: is how do you make a website or a blog or anything viable and 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 monetize it in such a way that it, that it's uh, practical and, and worth your time. Well, you know, with the kind of traffic that you have, though, with you know seventy-five thousand visitors a month, I'm I wonder about, you know, approaching some of the restaurants and venues to see if they wouldn't mind seeing their content promoted a little. Well, I, I agree with you, and I, I think it has a lot more potential than it's demonstrated, and uh, I think it's a big issue for everybody that's in this in this business, <laughs> is how do you divide your time? You know, do I've got three or four main functions that I have to take care of, and, and I'll make that confession here that I've never made publicly before. Uh, this is a one-man operation. That's a lot of content for one person. Yeah, it, it truly is. And a lot of people uh, in, in my classes and things, they say, how do you get all this done? Well, part of it's the efficiency and, and productivity of the software. Mm -hmm. But then but then you still have the issue of do you do data entry? Do you do layout and design of the website? Do you do site maintenance? Do you go out and do sales and advertising? Uh, which one do you do? Regardless of which one you do, the other three suffer. I, and, and I think that's the uh, the challenge of every business owner is, is is figuring out where to spend your time. You know, I mean, for me, it's do I write another blog post? Do I work on a client project? Do I, you know, do I do um, things like this? I mean, I love doing the podcast. Is it direct revenue generating? Probably not. You know, but it uh, it serves a purpose. I think it helps connect us to the community and and it shows a little different side of who we are, but yeah, you know, um, or do I get on the telephone and start selling something? Which, by the way, if you're out there right now and you'd like help with your marketing, networking, or social media, okay, so much for the commercial. Um, <laughs> back to the interview. No, um, I think there's two things. One is one is time management is is a is a really big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, is how do you divide your time responsibly, uh, and and still and still meet all your obligations? Yeah, absolutely. And so, if people have got suggestions, feel free to. Put a note up on Twitter or send them to Birchie. Um, I think that, you know, one of the things um, as a community, because we really enjoy having the site, is you every morning you hit Twitter, and I know you always kind of publish a list of what's going on. And I see lots of retweets and shares, and I think in general um, everybody should pick a couple of their favorites and share those. Yeah, and, and i got to tell you that's been a great awareness builder for the website. Twitter, Twitter drives traffic to your website, and, and I would say that in general to anybody. Now, uh, for you, with it being such a, um, uh, I don't know, a, a personal kind of thing, you know, it, it's not really business events that you're promoting, it, it's just general community stuff, I would have thought that Facebook would have been stronger. 
it's, it's picking up. If you look in the site traffic statistics, Facebook is moving up the list, but Twitter's always been at the top of the list. Wow, maybe because it's more of the what's happening now. It could be, it could be because of, of the nature of the events website, you know, as opposed to a marketing website or mm -hmm. or a different kind of website. Okay, so you cover lots of different events besides the flea markets. What gets shared a lot? What what tends to attract the most traffic from Twitter? What kind of events? Uh, people here in well, like? I can tell you, if you it actually it's published on our website. It's one of the few sites where you can look and see that information. Where it actually, but I don't have anything particular to hide. It's the top 20 page on our website. Fairs and festivals is always in the top 20. Beef and Boards Dinner Theater is always in the top 20. Really? Yes. You know, okay, because um, when I think about Beef and Boards, I think about, I'm sorry, uh, little old ladies with blue hair. Yeah. And yeah. and I don't necessarily visualize those people as being high Twitter users um, or or active on websites in general. Well, you'll be interested to know my demographic then. Okay, so tell me about it's, your demographic. It's white white females in their thirties. Interesting. Okay, so yeah, but they're not really the beef and boys blue hair type. No, that's that's true. So they secret. So, so the, the the white females in their thirties secretly love dinner they're, theater. They're closet theater. <laughs> yes, but beef and boards is always there. Fairs and festivals, the state fairgrounds is always in the top twenty every month. Uh, uh, usually, uh, the Colts in season. Mm -hmm. uh, the Pacers in season. Uh, some of the theaters, like the Repertory Theater, uh, I think they had a they had a news show that opened last night. You know, so they're they're up there in the cool. in the stats right now. Um, I've got a question from Charlie Kelly. Um, so kind of taking us a little bit off uh, target. But Charlie asked, morning Charlie, by the way, um, how do you compete with up and coming sites like Square Jive that are integrating social media and sort of cutting edge or beautiful layouts? Um, uh, and then he asks, kind of the follow-up, are you um, uh, specifically keeping the site plan simple, um, uh, you know, because, so it's just easier to follow, or is it, you know, the time constraint? Yes, and Charlie, I'd say to you that I've just, I've just kept it simple with text links and text and photos rather than get into a fancy uh, CSS layout or something like that that's elaborate. Actually, if you look on some of the old restaurant pages, you'll see this cherry cheesecake design that I thought was really cool when I designed it. Uh, you know, and it had all these beautiful reds and browns and burgundies and everything, and it was quite an elaborate layout. But but the longer I used it, the lower my site traffic got. It was like driving people away from my site. <laughs> Because it was too complex, it was too busy, mm -hmm. and and so consequently, uh, when I went back to just this simple, plain layout and design, the site traffic came right back up. And so I, I but but there again, there's about 2,500 pages on this website, so there's a lot of work there in terms of converting all those from one CSS design to another. And so if you look over the last 10 years. There are four different CSS styles on the pages. Wow. So so it's a massive job to try to update everything. So um, 
The other thing, though, is um, as you know, so many of us are now checking this on mobile devices. Um, how does the site perform on mobile, and does the? And oh. I find the simple works better on mobile. You know, Nikki Lakeox was after me to 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 build a mobile website, and so I did. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not particularly hard because it's built into the newer versions of Dreamweaver. And so Dreamweaver will actually create a mobile layout and design pretty easily. Mm -hmm. uh, and immediately, uh, I'm averaging 15 or 20,000 views a month on mobile devices, which which is a first for me, and that's just within the last few months. And, you know, that, I mean, and that makes total sense because if I'm... Uh, if, I, if I'm looking for a place to have lunch and I hit your website, um, I'm, going to, I'm going to be doing it from my car. I'm going to be doing it while I'm traveling. Um, or if you're sitting in a restaurant having lunch with two or three friends, and you can pull up the event list and say, here's what we can do this afternoon after lunch. Yeah. That type of thing. Yeah, so, so really, the, the, but the simpler designs make it easier, I think, to, to convert over? I, I do. A simple simple is good, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And, and also, uh, those fancy designs slow down the load time. And I understand now that Google is, is, is calculating load time as part of their algorithm. As part of their algorithm. So it's important for the page to load fast in order to rank high in the Google search results. So um, uh, properly sized photos. and. You manage photos because we, we logged on and we were looking at your home page um, right before the show started and I pulled up a page and there was a picture of the uh, Pepsi Coliseum. And you told me that if I refreshed my screen and, and we didn't have time, that the page would, that that image would vanish and a different one would take its place. How do you do that? Well, again, all that content is in, is in a database, just like in WordPress. Mm -hmm. So consequently, there are about 100 photos in a database. And, and all and the text and captions and alt links and title tags and all that information is the height and width, everything about that photo is stored in the database. So that when you refresh the home page, there's a randomizer that picks one of those 100 photos at random and displays it with, with the accompanying information. Cool. So it um, uh, it certainly um, makes it. Uh, it, it certainly makes it uh, fresh and a new experience every time somebody comes. And uh, thanks, Charlie. Charlie said that um, Steve Jobs would probably agree with your philosophy that simple is good. Uh, and it's faster. And, and, and I think you all know if you look at the site traffic statistics, the average visitor is on the website less than 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, you only got a few seconds to get their attention. So, and, and you know as well as I do, if you've got to wait for a page to load, you're gone. Mm -hmm. You don't wait. You, you go to something else. Yeah. There's, there's that, that moment that you're pulling up a page and you see that image loading. And, and your images on the page are, are pretty large. They're yeah. large images, yep. Yeah. They're typically 640 at least. Some of them are 750. And a few of them are 800 pixels wide. And, and people say, how can you take a picture that big and load it that fast on a page, and, and the answer is you have to optimize it in Photoshop or Fireworks or one of the other image editing programs. Get it to the proper uh, PPI, mm -hmm. which is 72 yeah. for the web, uh, but you'll see I get a lot of photos that are at 150 or 300. And they still load quickly? No, they don't. No, you okay. got to put them in an image editing program and convert them to 72. 
Yeah. Stick it in the load fast. Yeah, you can always you can always see with someone uh, and uh, we actually had a challenge. We were doing a website for a uh, they were a nursery. We had fabulous, huge photos of beautiful trees. Well, we took them down to 72 DPI so they would load quickly, and the photographer was frustrated because she's like, "But those are beautiful photos, and they're not as pretty." And she pushed them back to. 150 and 300, and of course they're beautiful photos, but nobody sees, nobody them, sees them because it takes they, too long for them to load. They won't wait for the page to load. Mm -mm. Uh, but if you even look at a page like the uh, the page that we have for the mobile food trucks, there's there's almost 40 mobile food trucks now, and I've got most of their photos on that one page, and the page still loads like that. Okay, mobile food trucks, kind of diversion here. Who's your favorite? Oh. <laughs> I, I don't think that'd be appropriate to say. Okay. Uh, because because you have so many fans out, and some of them are on Twitter. Well, and 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 you know, legitimately, I'm trying to promote all of them and, and not play favorites. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, for, uh, upcoming. So let me ask it this way: What uh, upcoming? Because it's starting to get warm sooner than later. Uh, upcoming food truck events. Where should we go to find the food well, truck? Well, you know, there's a food truck. As I recall, there's one on March the 8th at the Indiana Government Center South. I can't remember what it's called, but it has to do with Agriculture Day. Nice. And and it is on the website. So. You know, the nice thing about the site is that it's fully searchable. Mm -hmm. And and it's not a Google search. You're searching my database, not not Google. So if you just type in, all you got to do is type in like Pepsi mm -hmm. for Pepsi Coliseum or, or Repertory for Repertory Theater, and, and it'll take you to all the events that, that match that phrase, cool. which, which is pretty slick. Yeah, I mean, it certainly makes it easier. Um, so, what's going on this week? Oh, you're going to put me on the spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. You, you've been typing all this stuff. What, yeah. what, have you, or what have you done lately that's fun or what's coming up that you think is going to be fun? I, actually, I added a new page last year called Events for the Next Seven Days. And you can hit that on the home page in the left sidebar. Mm -hmm. It's one of the choices. And, and you'll get a list of all the events for the next the next week. Wow. This, this week, March 1st to the 4th, starting tomorrow, You've got the Big Ten uh, Women's Basketball Tournament. Uh, you've got the Mira Shrine Circus out at the Pepsi Coliseum, and there's lots of uh, lots more too. Cool. So we've got something for sports. We've got something for families. I see that Allison is actually browsing the page, and right now, uh, what are you seeing that's interesting, Allison? Let's see. We've got the Indiana Flower and Patio Show coming up soon, which is always an interesting and fun time. Some gorgeous indoor landscapes they've got going on there. Mid-March, I think. Mid-March, coming up on today's features. It looks like March 1st to the 4th, we've got the Mirage Shrine Circus. Yep. Okay, so yeah, you got. I got to be careful. I got to be careful about letting um, my team read your website because um, they always come up with adventures for us. Um, and things that we should be doing that maybe doing don't have um, a lot to do with work. Um, uh, you know, things like now around um, around the Super Bowl, I thought you guys just had great coverage. Um, uh, I got I got lucky. I uh, I got a media. Uh, I got put on the media list for the Super Bowl, and that was that was really lucky because I got their briefings and mm -hmm. and their press releases and so forth, and so I was able. To uh, keep up with a lot of the uh, uh, events that were going on. Well, 
we had 1.8 million hits to 10 days of the Super Bowl. Wow. It was wow. Off the charts. And I know that's not that's not big compared to some websites, but for me that was huge. And uh, I, I think pretty much anyone in Indy who was writing about what was going on um, during that 10-day period certainly um, enjoyed a little bit of out-of-the-ordinary traffic, and it was fun. Oh, it was terrific. I, I spoke to someone yesterday that, that told me about all the restaurants and, and bars and nightclubs in downtown Indianapolis that all set uh, revenue records Good during for those that. 10 days. You know what was interesting, though, is if you were up on the north side, um, it was relatively quiet. Oh, Mass Avenue didn't get it, didn't get much. Broad Ripple didn't get much. Nobody got any spillover. It was all downtown. Fountain Square didn't get much. Because everybody wanted to stay within walking distance. Yep. That was it. Was in, it was an interesting process. Oh, but was it fun to be downtown? Oh yeah. That was great. Awesome. Okay, so what's next? New features? Anything you're gonna? Well, I don't know. You know, I got to put in a plug for Round Peg because. <laughs> Because they were the ones, that, Lorraine is the one that put me on to Animoto, uh, what, two years ago now, I think? Probably. And and that Animoto video that, that's on our homepage every week just gets hundreds of views each week, and it's turned out to be a really positive experience. Good, and, good. It, and it's a good way to present the events in a colorful, visually appealing way. Yeah, it really is, is a nice way to, and I've enjoyed it for certain, you know, and we, we use it for certain things to kind of show off a series of photos. It, it really is nice. Um, I am going to encourage you to take just a little look at Pinterest, and I, I know that probably a couple other people are telling me you need to look at that too. Yeah, I've had half a dozen of the social media people say you really need to get involved with Pinterest, and and so far I haven't seen the benefit in that. But to be fair, Lorraine was showing me before this broadcast how it works, and and I'll and I'll have to give it a try. Good. Good, good, good. I love, I love that because I think that, um, and you know, not everything works. Um, we've had some trial. You know, I know we've we've done things. I'm sure you've done things on the site that um, you did for a little while, and you were like, yeah, no, I'm not going to keep doing that. You know, I was really into Google Plus when it first started, and and, yeah. and then I just forget, <laughs> I just forget to log in and and you and everybody and, else and post content. I just forget. It's that simple. Yeah. And uh, Allison was pulling a statistic. That, that three minutes that you heard under her breath right there, we have a, rage, a battle going back and forth because I love the feel of G+, but it just isn't really working. And the most recent statistic, Allison, was that in the month of January, the average Google Plus user spent a whopping three minutes on the site for the entire month. That's not three minutes a day, that's three minutes for the month. In comparison, seven and a half hours on Facebook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 And I don't even want to know how much time you're spending on Twitter. You know, but but I would say to your audience that, that you got to try things, see if they work. Uh, every uh, uh, Things are going to work differently for different people. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, we are kind of wrapping up. We're running out of time. Um, if people want to catch up with you, how do they find you? Well, I would say email, except I'm averaging 12000 a month. Okay, so let's not do email. Let's don't do email if you can help it, because it'll probably get lost in the shuffle. If they want to submit an event, if they want to make you aware of something that's going on, how do they submit that? Hit our home page and click Submit an Event in the <laughs> upper left corner. And that's www.aroundindy.com. 
Facebook.com. Yes, ma'am. If they want to find you on Twitter. At Around Indy. You changed it. You were Gertie for a while. Uh, well, uh, Chris Tyson put me onto that. Thank you, Chris, if you're listening. That's the best thing I've ever done. What's in a name? Everything. Everything. My my nickname since I was in Little League was Birchie. Mm-hmm. And so when I created my Twitter account in 07, it was at Birchie. Mm-hmm. I had a 1,000 followers over four years. I changed it to at around Indy and went to 4,500 within the following year. Wow. The, the, what's in a name? Choose your name very carefully when uh, your online persona. Absolutely. I uh, I went through kind of an interesting process because I've been round peg forever. And... Um, Today, Round Peg is bigger than just me. So Round Peg still exists, and now I have a little Lorraine Ball account, too. Um, if you've enjoyed today's program, be sure to check out Around Indy. Follow Around Indy on Twitter for daily updates. Check the website for things to do. Check the mobile app for things to do. And One of my favorites is Widget Box. Widget which Box. Which is those daily widgets that you can actually embed on your own site. That way you get your you get content updated daily on your website. So if you've got a site with a local audience and you want to sh- pull the feed from around Indy, be sure to install the widget box and pull the feed from around sure. Indy as well. Sure. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, if you have questions about marketing, networking, social media, and more, be sure to check out our blog at www.roundpeg.biz. Thanks again to Allison for managing the Twitter stream. This has been another of more than a few words. Thanks for listening.